Whoa, holy water. Ah. What? Fuck. Holy water? What? You need some holy water? Ah, bro, I got you right here. Check it out. Oh. Oh my gosh. Dang. I got my little altar. Yeah. Oh, we can talk. We can record and we can start talking. We are recording. I mean. Oh man. Oh man. <laughs> now I'm saying, I, I have this like really cool cross that one of my kiddos made. Oh. It's like I was, she was like, "Do you know what it is?" And I was like, "What? No!" Like, and it took me a while, but it's chap. It's like uh, the, the first chapter of Genesis. It starts with the oh. abyss, ends with humanity, and I was like, "You are so awesome!" And the dog. That is beautiful. Yeah, and I was like, "I'm keeping this forever," and like this is like super clutch, and it's got a little cat. I had a student get gave me like a. It's like Saint Francis and a little like house thingy it's it's oh, at my it's cool. at my office at work but it was like yeah he at vbs last year he was like the only he answered he raised his hand for every single question like during the like <laughs> the big group time in the hall and uh he like wants to become a priest like a polished priest one day or something he, and he's like in oh, sixth grade he's like i've got oh my, my life gosh. planned and i was like sweet and then he like he, so at the end of EVS, he gave me this really nice ceramic crucifix, and then he gave our youth minister a a fetus keychain. Oh, <laughs> or, what? Or like a yeah, it was like a in utero baby keychain is like for pro life stuff, and it's like there you go. But he gave the youth minister that first, and so he's like, look what look what dude gave me, and I was like, yeah. It's like, and he says he has a present for you too, and I was like, oh. <laughs> oh gosh and then, go. and then i get like this really dope crucifix <laughs> so. yeah, yeah, yeah that's cool nice, yeah all right so, uh, and so yeah i was i was talking to janet and she wants you and uh monet to be um the godparents of like uh the bible and the rosary so just a heads up you're gonna be getting that text from janet pretty soon so what just is keep it? that in mind, Justin. Okay. The Bible and the ro rosary. Yeah. yeah, apparently that that's a thing. I don't know. Like, it's just so many. Are, are we saying know. for like in five years when you have kids? I'm saying like on July 3rd of next year. So yeah. Is she pregnant? She has a 12 month pregnancy. What? <laughs> nah, man. We're relaxed. It's like you have to be like they. There's like they're called sponsors or padrinos. And they sponsor like a certain thing, and so so this and is it was for like, oh, the just, so you just buy like a, a Bible for the household, I guess is oh, what it is. Okay. Yeah, and so I had never heard of it. She's like, no. "Oh, what are you gonna do for this?" And I was like, oh, "I don't know." He was like, "What about Justin?" I was like, "What about Justin?" He's like, well, "Why don't you ask him?" I was like, "Okay, I'll ask him. okay." You'll have to elaborate <laughs> when that comes about. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> did uh, I mean, can I just get you like? the most like, generic one the most generic mexican yeah, christian yeah, yeah. artwork that i can find yeah yeah like got, do one with our lg on it that well they've got the, like these like humongous sacred heart things at um burlington coat factory and it's just like the, <laughs> yeah 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 the jesus with his <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, Look like and every time i walk by i was like and it's like it's like 12 feet and it's only like 40 bucks and i'm like i gotta get one of those for carowind it's <laughs> <laughs> an actual bible or is it just like uh a... oh no, it's a portrait so but... it's a portrait oh that's even better 
I'll get that tattered on my back. I'm gonna take that to my this <laughs> my back now. <laughs> I needed this yesterday. So is it just you and me today on this wonderful podcast? I don't I think, think so. I think someone's no. in. Yeah, who's 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 the other FST alumni on here today? Well, hey, my name is Hannah and Whoa. I am a fellow FST alum. Justin and I are the class of 17. So, yeah, well, yep. you, can you graduate when you're supposed to? Or you're for one and graduate two years after? <laughs> Sorry, you, were, good. you had to make that paper while you were doing it. That's, That's true. true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So now I, uh, I live Just in tell us a little Wisconsin. bit about yourself. Yeah, yeah. All right. So now I live in Wisconsin. That's where I'm originally from. But um, yeah, well, Watosa is my favorite city in Wisconsin. <laughs> it is. Um, <laughs> I live in a town called Fond du Lac, which is French for bottom of the lake, um, um, because Fond du Lac is um, at the bottom of Lake Winnebago. Um, fun fact. <laughs> and that's about an hour north of Milwaukee. So, um, and I work go in a parish Brewers? as the director of formation. Yep, go Brewers. <laughs> go Brewers. Um, go Brewers. Um, so, yeah, I'm super happy to be here. Thank you both for inviting me. Yeah. yeah for so. sure. We're super happy to have you here. Also, I'm sure all of our listeners in all Latin America are dying to know uh, whether you're a Packers fan or not. So, you know, being from Wisconsin and all. <laughs> I am not a Packer fan. What? <laughs> Go Seahawks. Who are you? What's I football? Know. Yeah, what's football? Yeah. <laughs> are, are we talking about football? <laughs> yeah, football? Yes, football is like another religion out here. Uh, yeah, that's like, true. Oh, man. The heretic. We brought a heretic to I know. Church clothes consists of either a Packer jersey or a Badger jersey. That's, no that's it. That's, that's it. So interesting. That's it. That's cool. Go Badger. Packer, my Packer jersey up top, my camel on the bottom. There you go. That's church clothes. That must be interesting. So, so like, we just had confirmation over here, and we told our I saw kids, Nancy's picture of you. Yeah. We told the kids <laughs> to wear their Sunday best. That would be – you'd have to go a little bit more – in detail then <laughs> and we do yeah we definitely do like yeah y'all can't be wearing an aaron Rodgers jersey to confirmation <laughs> All right. so everyone's dying to know wisconsin yes. wisconsin cheese or california cheese Yes. I'm sorry, but Wisconsin, it's Wisconsin all the way for dairy. I'm sorry. <laughs> but but, no. but are our cows happier in California? Or is this advertisement all a lie? Is this well, considering, <laughs> considering there's no grass in California for cows to graze on, I'm, I'd say that Wisconsin cows are probably a little happier. <laughs> grass fed. It's overrated. Give me a grain fed cow. <laughs> Cool. All right. Well, I'll, I'll just take those cows that are just like injected with <laughs> goulash <laughs> until they yeah. until they uh, reach the ripe age of six months and like eight hundred tons, and then uh, we'll just wow. we'll just uh, have our bardem them like in No Country for Old Men. So that's right. <laughs> hey, I have a, no, wow, that review that movie's intense. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's what he's using when he 
when he yeah, murders people, wrong, it's a right? cattle a cattle yeah. killing oh, device. Cattle prod, yeah. A prod, yeah. I didn't say um do they use salt blocks out in Wisconsin? So I know in Mexico, my uncle was talking about it's like a lot of the cows here like they they like I don't know what it does, but it's the, like they're just like that. They just give them big blocks of salt to lick on the whole time. Yeah, it's called a salt lick. And yeah, they're used for many, many different animals. Cows, the deer, set them oh. out for the deer. Nice. All what kinds do they of do? stuff. They just lick the salt? Just... Yeah, I don't really know. They lick the <laughs> salt. Um... Yeah. Well, how about we talk about something that you are super knowledgeable about? <laughs> so, you, um, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, like, we all had different emphasis, right? Or like focus when we were at FST. So like my focus was liberation theology. And so I focused in like Latino, Latina. Um, um, I totally forgot. Latino theology, <laughs> Latinx. Right? Latinx, Latin with the ad sign at the end, you know, theology. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and focus primarily on like Bonaventure, the Encuentros, and like Virgilio Lizondo. And that was like my big thing. What was your focus, Justin? Um, I mean, I kind of had, well, my thesis was on like evangelization and um, why do people stay in the church instead? I reversed the question instead of why is everyone leaving? I said, well, why do the people who stay, stay? And so mm -hmm. that was my thesis, but as kind of a, uh, I mean, my electives, I focus mostly on scripture, so. Scripture, yeah. nice. And it shows, especially on this podcast, <laughs> when I'm just super quiet, and then you just break it down. <laughs> what about you, Hannah? Um, well, my thesis was on, you know, originally I wanted to do my thesis on Christian-Muslim relations and was quickly told that that was way too big. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so my thesis actually is on uh, the the story or the experience of of Saint Francis and the Sultan, which is really, I think, the the first Christian Muslim dialogue that is known. Mm -hmm. um, and so, that was my thesis, and then a lot of my electives, I think, focused on. Um, social justice mm. and um history i guess um yeah. so that's pretty yeah cool. a lot of uh, a lot of classes with uh, dr burns that's right <laughs> dr. hopefully he's gonna be next on the podcast oh yeah that'd be yeah really cool. we're gonna ask him what is Catholic thought. How do Catholics yeah. think? Ooh. <laughs> Deacon <laughs> Dr. Jeffrey yeah, Burns. Deacon Dr. Deacon, Deacon Dr. JB. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The map. <laughs> well, may, since you were mentioning it a little bit, Hannah, I I feel like a lot of people probably don't even know that. Francis um, went and talked to the Muslim Sultan. Um, I always butcher his name, Malik something. <laughs> so. Yes, uh, Sultan. Um, yes, that's right. <laughs> Malik Al-Kalam, yes. something like that. Um, yeah. But I don't know if, is that something maybe you could 
introduce our listeners to is that like general encounter and like what went into it? Yeah. Sure. So um, the kind of the backdrop of this encounter were the Christian Crusades and the um, encounter is said to have occurred in 1219. And so my thesis kind of gives the backdrop of, of why the Crusades happened and how they happened and things like that. And then goes into Francis's part in that. So Francis actually tried to um, travel to Egypt um, several times. And there are different stories of... So there was one time where he, he boarded a ship and the wind blew the ship off course and he ended up like over towards Spain and so he had to keep trying Egypt (laughs) right yeah (laughs) like like Islamic influence in Spain right but probably not where like he was at (laughs) like sending him Uh, probably not I don't I I don't know that for sure though Mm -hmm. um so the the fifth crusade was the crusade that occurred during this encounter and it was launched in 1219 and it was uh, by the Christians and it was a quest to regain land that they had felt entitled to Um, and um, so sound familiar (laughs) no way Christians would never try to take land from people what are you talking about no way and so um, this this battle was just merciless and um so francis made it to egypt by early 1219 and damietta egypt was where francis traveled to and that was a key region to single out for attack even though the goal was jerusalem and this is because if the christians could break this muslim stronghold they could barter it for the return of jerusalem and this was the goal of pope innocent at the beginning of the fifth crusade Mm -hmm. um and so the cardinal that was put in charge of this crusade this area of damietta um was was just a ruthless warmonger really Mm -hmm. he he wasn't present at the beginning of the first or of the fifth crusade but he was there for most of it and um he kind of took over for someone named john of brienne who wasn't um had more of a moderate approach um so he's been described as someone who is self-assured impervious and rash so that's someone he'd want in charge of a you know a war (laughs) yeah um and basically he would stop at nothing until muslims everywhere were under christian control um and pelagius was not so frank you know francis and his companion get there and francis (laughs) is interested in peace and pelagius really is not interested in anything that that involves peace he's really only interested in in conquering the muslims really and um clearly that was working out really well for him (laughs) um yeah and i think um malik al Kamal, who was the sultan he had sent um at least one peace treaty Mm -hmm. to pelagius and pelagius was like uh no way no way you know this can tell you that 
the Muslims were the ones who wanted the peace. The Christians, yeah. the Christian leader had no had like, no, no desire for that. Yeah, it's funny um, that one of them is living the gospel or the Sermon on yeah. the Mount, and the Christian yeah. is not. <laughs> yeah, right. I ju- I think that that's a huge misconception about Muslims and about Islam is that mm-hmm. they're just these. I think they see Muslims really as the way Pelagius, Cardinal Pelagius was acting and just mm-hmm. they, they, they just seek violence and war. And that's not true at all. Um, it's, it's really not true at all. So um, he's turning down these treaties and Francis is like, okay, well clearly the Christian side is not, this, this is not going to happen. So he kind of just took it upon himself to cross enemy lines and um, go and try and talk to the Sultan. Now, there are several stories of what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I focus on, on two of them in my thesis, the first by Thomas of Chilano, and who was a, who was a follower of Francis, um, and was probably starting to become a follower of Francis right as Francis was sick and dying. So mm-hmm. kind of toward the end of his life. Mm-hmm. And then the second is by um, St. Bonaventure, who was um, at one point the minister general of the order. And so the, the, the two of them, kind of what I talk about in my thesis is that the two these two men have different reasons for writing different lives or hagiographies of Francis. And so I argue in my thesis that Bonaventure wrote this, it's called the major legend of St. Francis in order to kind of make these, make some kind of a compromise between these two groups. The spirituals wanted to, to follow Francis is wrote very strictly, so literally to own literally nothing, mm. to be very poor, and that kind of thing. The conventionals didn't believe in in that sort of um, that strict of a following, and so so there are different things that take place. But essentially, he crosses enemy lines, and there's debate on whether or not Francis and his companion receive brutal treatment or get beat up. There are some stories or, or tales that say that Francis and his companion were, um, were, were beaten. Um, and there are some that aren't. Um, and so he gets to the tent of where the Sultan is and he, you know, the, the, there's a person standing outside the tent and was very hesitant to, let Francis in because they don't know who this guy is or what he, what his intentions are. Um, it's very likely that they didn't even speak the same language. It's thought mm-hmm. that they didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, um, I think they, they realized that Francis was there for, um, inter- to, to be peaceful. He was there under peaceful, um, intentions and so he's let into the tent and as far as we know it was just the Sultan and and Francis in the tent and no one knows what they said it's likely that again that they didn't speak the same language 
Um, there, it's also likely that there could have been a translator in there to help translate. Um, so, but there was never a record of of anything that was said. So, Francis leaves, and um, I think the Sultan is is moved again to seek peace with the Christians after this experience with Francis and, um, you know, this experience that, you know, not all Christians are, you know, these ruthless people, um, but the Christians, yeah, they, the leader Pelagius just wanted, was not going to hear about any, any kind of peace. So, um, yeah, there are, there's an element from Bonaventure that includes a, a trial by fire, which yeah. actually, which actually had been um, kind of banned by the Fourth Lateran Council just a few years before that happened. So we don't really know if there really was a trial by fire, but but that kind of spoke of conversion and said, you know, if Francis kind of said, okay, if I can walk through this fire unharmed, mm-hmm. then you'll convert to Christianity. Um, and, you know, legend says that he did, um, but the Sultan didn't convert. (laughs) Did, you know, did that really happen? I don't know. I don't think there's any way to know. Um, my argument is that, um, Bonaventure included that in his legend to, to, um, try to, increase the faith of of people who would read it so copies you know what i'm saying (laughs) right yeah (laughs) yeah a little spice in my book (laughs) yeah yeah you mentioned that there was like kind of like all these like different like narratives and stuff from uh like the actual like experience of the encounter and so, like, what, like, what? I guess, like, I, what, what, what drew you to like Chilano's and Bonaventure's uh, interpretation or like narrative instead of like using like uh, the French bishop uh, Jacques' like view on it, right? Because like, there's like that super early, like, where it's like it's it's very it's not vague, but it's just like very concise of what happens. And then, like, in a, in a historical writing that he does later on, he goes into like a little bit more further detail, but then he like. I don't want to say he demonizes like the Sultan, but he definitely like that's where like the beating happens and then he like makes it seem more militarized. And I'm just like, okay, well, like, I mean, are you also trying to sell copies? Cause like now you like, you've made this like super like different story from what your initial like thought was and stuff. So what, what kind of like drew you more to, to yeah. use the writings of the Franciscans? That's a great question. Um, I think that, my thesis advisor Darlene really led me to to these mm-hmm. two um, sources, but also um, I was I was really interested in the history behind both mm-hmm. of these um, different men's different writings, and um, you know I think I thought before going into this like oh people people write hagiography people write biography and that's it. Yeah. Well, no, not 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 all the time. I mean, yeah. there's a there's a lot of um, 
there's a lot of history behind it and intent. And I learned that you, you can't ever know anybody's intention because obviously we weren't alive in the 13th century, but, <laughs> um, you can kind of, you know, Pope Gregory commissioned Chilano to write this that we know. Mm -hmm. So getting to the why and, and what else was going on in history that really interested me. And so, um, so I didn't know as much about Chilano, but I um, enjoyed learning about him. And I did know um, some about Bonaventure. And so I, I was really interested in learning more about him as well. And I, yeah. And I think those two figures were just kind of the most fleshed out um, mm. to write about. So very cool. Yeah. I found it. I, I, I like how you highlight the, kind of the misconception like oh the crusades were this holy thing and like it's like we got to go get these big bad muslims and where yeah. you have like the complete opposite is what happened of like yeah pretty much the warmongering was from pelagius <laughs> and i was thinking the whole time it's like maybe he was a cardinal because he loved the color of blood but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But, um, and then like, I mean, from what I've learned from the experience of the Sultan, it, not only was he more interested in peace, but he was also like more like militarily, is that a word? He was a better like tactician on the battlefield because mm -hmm. yeah. he like flooded their camps and like they, all the Christian soldiers started getting sick. And then, and then mm -hmm. the Sultan sends out a bunch of people to like take care of their sick people and give them food. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's so it's like, yeah, we have, and I think that's, it's like nice to hear the, like, cause there's so much tension around that today. And it's, it's good to hear that, yeah. like these great examples from both faith traditions um yeah yeah i mean our our faith history you know as my boss would say is not all roses and sunshine and mm -hmm. cute bunny rabbits mm -hmm. it's um you know some of the the way that some of these christians behaved was just abhorrent and you know mm -hmm. these these wars are these are holy wars well how holy really were they mm -hmm. really i mean I think that's an oxymoron. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would agree. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, are people willing to, are people today willing to um, keep an open mind and actually mm -hmm. learn about the history of our faith or uh, are they just going to kind of believe what they heard growing up and, and not have an open mind. And a lot of my experience in ministry, um, some people have open minds, but a lot of people don't. And so, um, yeah, one of my goals has kind of been to to talk more about issues like this. Yeah. So how do you how do you think that Francis' approach was was a little bit like? different from like the crusades right and then also like 
how do you think it can be used like today? Can it be used today, or do you think it's like outdated and should never be used ever again? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think um, I I think Francis's approach was was very countercultural then mm -hmm. and would be today. I think mm -hmm. um, Francis was interested in peace mm -hmm. um, since his conversion. He was a peacemaker and um and that's that was his strategy in coming to the crusades and um the, the christian most of the christian leaders i should i shouldn't say all because i think john of brienne um was was i don't think john of brienne was anything like pelagius mm -hmm. and um but um you know the leader of the fifth crusade at the time was only interested in violence and war and getting getting our own way and um so yeah and so i think that's very um that's that definitely can be used today um in just looking at the political climate i mean um you know there's there's democrats and republicans and and the, i think our country is very divided right now and probably the most, I don't know, maybe more divided than it's ever been. I don't know. I, you know, I've only have 26 years of experience, but, yeah. um, I, it's very divided. And I think, um, you know, so I, I, you know, I'm not always the best at it, but I definitely try to be mindful of, okay, well, if we don't at least listen to each other, we're never gonna, nothing's ever going to get done. I think yeah. I'm seeing that in my own state right now. Um, they're you know the two sides are not listening to each other and so it's kind of just a free-for-all right now with this covid stuff yeah. and so i think um you know francis francis wanted to make peace between these two sides and i think that's something that's very needed right now and um you know i yeah. i i don't know if that will really if that's really realistic but yeah i think it was like Looking at like, you know, like the different elements that had to come together for this to happen, it was it was definitely a very like unique. But I feel like not like it can be replicated. But like the Sultan himself was like an individual, very open minded. Like he listened to like Christian and Jewish like individuals and used their guidance, you know. And so it's just like the way that he was raised, you know. And then the way I want to say definitely the experience that Francis had, you know being an, like a knight in his past and stuff, right? That definitely also opened his eyes to being like, you know what, like this isn't necessarily like the answer. You know, like I tried this already. It didn't work back then. This is crusade number five. I, I, I don't know, man. Like maybe we should, you know, call it quits. Like, you know, and so I think like using that experience, I think Francis is, is a great example of how like, you know, what, using our experience, you know, and, and understanding like our, our struggles, you know, like use them as, as a way to be able to help others, you know, like you don't experience these things just so that you can have like a good story to tell later on, but more as a way to learn from that and understand that maybe other individuals are going to do the same thing and how you can help them. So I think that's, that was like interesting. And I think you're right. And I think like his approach was very counter, uh, the, uh, his time, you know, it would definitely mm -hmm. be the way to do it. It was just like, what do you, dialogue? What? No. And you're right. Like, I think dialogue, even when we think about it now, like, that 
seems like a difficult like thinking about people sitting down and just having a conversation without one person or the other person getting like hot-headed or wanting to prove the point and yell or whatever you know like it's it's difficult it's not yeah easy. yeah for sure so i'm just trying to look up uh i think this would is kind of a good time to remind people of what the church actually teaches on inter-religious dialogue and so and I, Ooh, i'm just nice. it's, a, it's a great idea justin yeah. i'm just trying to find uh Vatican two documents yeah yeah i've got i've got the 900 nostro tate yep. woo, woo, there you go i'll say in land too christus dominus sorry gaudium espes Dignitatis humane, de verbum. There you are, seven thirty-eight. A little, little information if you're interested. Yeah. Uh, Nostra Aetate is very short. Yes. So that's <laughs> yeah. a bonus. That is a bonus. bonus. Right. I always remember when I was like in in, uh, in um, intro to theology. I was looking. I was always looking <laughs> for like the shortest ones. I was like. <laughs> Like, I know. Like, there was another one that's only like two pages too, and I was like, "Yeah, those yeah. two. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did a forty-page apostolic exhortation, but you are intense. Yeah, I did a long <laughs> one too, but wow. I had already studied it in undergrad, so I kind of cheated a little bit. Yeah, you did okay. the like bishops document, <laughs> on, pastoral, yeah. yeah, on economic justice mm -hmm. for all, yeah. All right, those communist bishops. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> All right, guys. So this is, um, if you want, maybe we'll link to this or something. But uh, if you go to Google Nostre Atate, uh, you'll get it for free on the Vatican's website. Oh, but this is, like this is from paragraph two. And I think, um, I mean, we can point all the way back to Francis. And I think... Really, we can point all the way back to Jesus because Jesus, yes. he did not scold the pagans <laughs> when no. when Romans came up to him and was like, can you heal my servant? I really like that guy. And Jesus is like, yeah, I'll go. And then the guy's like, well, no, if you just if you just say it, I know what happened. So not only the the pagans in the gospel and this is across the gospels. Pagans are mm. the ones with more faith than right. all of the um, ancient Israelites, and which is striking. If you think I'm wrong, just go read the Gospels again. Read the Bible. Catholics <laughs> Catholics aren't good at that. Go read the Bible. Um, but so it starts with Jesus saying, like, the way he treated he he healed the people of other faiths, and. Um, so this is official magisterial teaching from the church. That means if you reject it, you are messing around with excommunication. I'm just, yep. I'm just going bored with that. But we yep. don't have to go into the hierarchy of doctrine, but um, this is pretty high teaching. Um, yep. And it says, the, so this is about the middle of uh, paragraph two. And this is the Catholic Church rejects nothing of what is true and holy in these religions. And before this, it was mentioning 
um, Hinduism, Buddhism, um, I, and the Moslems, as <laughs> it's yes, so as it's written, as it's written. <laughs> um, but the Catholic Church rejects nothing of what is true and holy in these religions. She has a high regard for the manner of life and conduct, the precepts and doctrines, which, although differing in many ways from her own teaching, nevertheless often reflect a ray of that truth which enlightens all men. And later on it says, the church therefore urges her sons and daughters to enter with prudence and charity into discussion and collaboration, collaboration people <laughs> with members of other religions. Let Christians while witnessing to their own faith and way of life, acknowledge, uh, preserve and encourage the spiritual and moral truths found among non-Christians, also their social life and culture. Um, the church also has high regard for the Muslims. They worship God, who is one living, subsistent, merciful, and almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, uh, who has spoken to men. They strive to submit themselves without reserve to the hidden decrees of God, or is that right? Decrees, decrees, whatever, <laughs> of God, just as Abraham himself submitted to God's plan to whose faith Muslims eagerly link their own. So that's official teaching from the church. <laughs> yes. And I do want to just, just reiterate that um, Islam, Christianity, and, and Judaism, we, uh, all three religions worship the same God. Mm. So, um, and that's, um, that's something that I've been, um, fought on here and but it's true and um, Allah is actually just I think it's it's Arabic for mm -hmm. God yeah. it, mm -hmm. and it means our it's our God yeah. so um, if you go to mass in like an Arabic country like if you go to mass at a Coptic church or something in Egypt when they say God, they say Allah. <laughs> like, right. It's yeah. It's God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we're all wow. we're all children of Abraham. I mean, mm -hmm. if you go right. all the way back to the book of Genesis and the story of um, Hagar and Ishmael, like mm -hmm. our Muslim brothers and sisters track their lineage back to mm -hmm. Ishmael the first yes. the first son of abraham <laughs> yes um so yeah there there's more connections there like we whatever's been revealed to us has just been revealed in different ways in different times mm -hmm. and like it, i think how what you've like pointed out hannah through your research with francis's encounter and your own experiences is that like we both both religions are preaching peace like and, yeah and that's i think and and both religions have had their stumbling but let's let's start with mm -hmm. the good that's right like we wouldn't want people like when we're in dialogue with other faiths or atheists or something i'm sure like 
it peeves a lot of Christians when the first thing that gets mentioned is the Crusades. And then, mm. like, yeah. and also don't do mental gymnastics to justify the Crusades. Just roll right. and just be like, yeah, it happened. It was stupid. And <laughs> let's move on. But let's, yeah. let's start with the good, um, whether it's someone else's faith or our own or even individual to individual. Yeah, absolutely. Well, did uh, you want to throw anything else out there on the topic, Hannah? Any, like, personal um, experiences with, like, interreligious dialogue? Sure, yeah. I, um, when I, I attended Cardinal Stritch University, which is a Franciscan university here in Milwaukee, and for my undergraduate, and I participated in a few um, Muslim Christian dialogues that were put together by um, Stritch, and then there's actually another Franciscan university in Milwaukee called Alverno. And so um, students who were Christian um, or Muslim from either university um, were invited to these events to, to talk. And so really, um, what we did was we just kind of asked each other different questions about uh, you were paired up with someone else and you just kind of asked each other questions about um, each each other's religions and you just learned about um, what kind of they stood for and and we um, and you kind of got to move around and talk to different people but um, it ended up, you know, in, in a lot of our conversations, it ended up being like, oh, yeah, that's kind of like this in Christianity or, oh, yeah, that's kind of like this in Islam. Mm -hmm. So once you start talking, you, you realize you have more similarities than you might think. Um, it, you know, it, they might not have the Beatitudes, but some principles that are found in the Quran you know, are similar to the Beatitudes mm -hmm. and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, and um, uh, Muslims also revere Mary um, yeah. very, very highly. So they have a special res respect for Mary. So, yeah, so, and obviously Mary, Mary's huge in Catholicism. So, Who's that? Who's um, Mary? <laughs> Who's Mary? What Mary? Uh -uh. OLG. OLG. <laughs> so. What? <laughs> so yeah. So that that those are always really really uh, great experiences. Hmm. Um. Yeah. Well, we're kind of getting close to the the time limit um hannah do you have okay. uh, or k money do you got anything else you want to throw out there no man i think this was great i'm really happy that we were able to kind of like tackle this little like conversation you know this topic i feel like there's always like misconceptions in a lot of things and so it's not until like we take the time to sit down and look over and talk to uh people that are experts in the field like hannah yeah. you know to be able to uh <laughs> get a glimpse of that you know so I, no man I, i'm good i guess one or i guess one and a half more questions for you hannah um 
I hear this a lot from others who dialogue and study other religions is um, that they they come away from it with a stronger stronger in their own faith. Do you feel like you've had that experience? Yes, absolutely. I think um, the more that you do those kinds of things, I think the more you learn about God. And for me, what really lights my faith on fire is um, just the fact that God really loves everyone. Mm -hmm. And there's a place in the kingdom for everyone. And 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 talking with folks from from different religions really affirms that for me and and hearing about their experiences so yes i definitely have walked away a more faithful person after those experiences for sure <laughs> all right okay guys well that i want to give a big thank you and shout out to you hannah for jumping on yes. here and talking about a much needed uh a corner of the world that we need to pay attention to, especially in um, divisive times that uh, mm. we're, we're all one human family. Um, yeah, we are. As Genesis, Genesis chapter one, chapter verse 27 verse says, says that we're all created in the image and likeness of God. Mm. Um, so... Cool. All right, guys. Well, well, thank thank you both very much for having me, and um, yeah. huge shout out to Los Nazarenos. <laughs> yeah, shout out to um, Now you're officially a La Nazarena. <laughs> you're a Nazarena now. What's up? <laughs> so, all right, guys. If remember, you can uh, do us a favor by getting us giving us a really bad rating on uh, yeah, wherever you bad, listen to your your uh, podcast because the. Uh, last shall be first, so we want to be last place. Yes, right. Uh, That's right. We want to be number one. So we want to be number one. Rate and review the podcast as you see fit. Um, tell your friends, uh, and you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Nazarenos for Life, and you can check us out on the website nazarenosforlife.com dot com. The number four. Our, the number four. Faux life. Faux life. <laughs> All right, and Nazarenos. Out. Out. Out.